All right, church family, how about we give it up again for those 13 folks? How powerful is that? Aren't you glad you said yes to coming to church today? This is so great to see their stories and to hear, I mean, such sacred moments. And when I was praying and thinking about the message for this morning, I thought, you know, this is one of those days where you see a lot, you experience a lot, you hear a lot. You're like eyewitnesses to such a powerful work of God in the hearts of others and very emotional on some levels for sure, but maybe new for for some of you. And I thought what we do today is look at one of Jesus' stories because Jesus knows there's power in a story to affect lives and change hearts. And uh, it it was a gentleman in 2009 named Rob Walker who decided to conduct an experiment about the power of stories to change hearts, to affect behavior. So here's what he did. He went out on eBay and bought a bunch of junk for 99 cents each kind of thing. So he bought a whole bunch of stuff for 99 cents each. He was a journalist. And he decided, he went to his journalist friends, and he took the 99 cent pieces of junk, and he asked his journalist friends to write a short story on each of the pieces. And then he reposted them online and resold them with the stories. So here's an example of one. He bought this plastic horse head for 99 cents. He had a journalist friend write a short story, and he reposted it, and it sold for $62.95. Does that look like a $63 horse head to you? So listen, the total of all the monies he spent on the original dirt cheap items, he spent $197, got short stories for all of them, resold total $8,000. 6,300% return on investment. Not bad, right? You investment folks in the room? That's pretty good. Rob Walker's conclusion was there's power in a story to affect and change behavior. Jesus knew this. And so he taught much of the New Testament is filled with stories. They're called parables of Jesus. And there's a parable we're going to look at today. The word parable simply means, it comes from two words, para, which means alongside, and bale, which means to toss. So Jesus goes to everyday life and he tosses some stories alongside everyday life to get us to see spiritual reality for what it is. And today, the story is about what I'm going to call soil analysis. We're going to do a little analysis of the soil in here to talk about, in light of all we're seeing and experiencing and hearing and reacting to today, how's that finding, what kind of ground is it finding in here? All right, if you haven't already pulled out a message note sheet, they were on the tables in the way, and you're welcome to get up out of your seats and grab one online, folks. If you want to join that way, their online host will direct you, or you can pick it up on your way out. It's a very straightforward story of Jesus. Here's how it goes, Matthew 13, verse 3. It says, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. The birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil, but it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, they were withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Verse 8, still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, and thirty times what was sown. So four different soil conditions. And when you think soil, just think my heart, 
your heart, a little analysis of the inside of our lives today. The first soil condition is hard, it's deflective, it's closed off. He says in verse 18 of Matthew 13, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. Now, that's super helpful when Jesus does that. He just doesn't do that very often. He'll tell the story and kind of leave it hanging there. In this case, He tells the story and then He says, I'm going to clarify exactly what it means. So here's Jesus' summary of what He's trying to say. He says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes, snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. So we've got a lot of our college students going back to campus these days. Here's a picture of what college students do with the campus grass, right? If, if the maintenance department wants to know where to put the sidewalks, the students will let them know, right, students? Right? I know they're, inten- they're supposed to walk on the concrete paths, but the students are trying to say, well, actually, there's a better path, and they just beat the ground down, right? Jesus says there can be places in our heart like that that are just get kind of well-worn and trampled down and hard and deflective and closed to the Word of God and the work of the Spirit and the testimony of followers of Him, like we're just, we're just closed off. You say, well, how does that happen? Well, a multiplicity of ways can harden places in the heart, right? Some of you come from backgrounds where some stuff was done to you in Jesus' name that doesn't have anything to do with Jesus, and that hardens some places in your heart. That really happens. In the New Testament, Jesus encountered religion that was hardening people's hearts. You know, religion can do that because religion can completely miss Jesus, Now, the purpose of religion is to hopefully magnify and draw attention to Jesus, but it can get off the track. And some of you have experienced that. You've had some really hurtful, difficult, painful things in your life happen in the name of Jesus that didn't have anything to do with Him. And that can produce a hardness in here. Now, the caution there is don't toss Jesus out based on abuses done in His name. That's the caution and the challenge. Want to empathize and respect the fact that something did happen in Jesus' name, but don't toss Jesus out for that. I agree with you, it's pretty messed up and pretty jacked up of what happened there, but where's that hardened place? What happened inside of there? It's just like a path that gets worn down. Another way it gets hardened is you simply decide before God, you just know better than Him. You just think your way is better than Him. And so the Bible calls that pride, where we just think, God, we know better than you, appreciate the input you want in my life, but I got this. I'm going to handle it my way, the way I want to handle it. And that gets a little hardened in here. Or sometimes it's fear of the unknown. Sometimes it's like, I don't know if I say yes to Jesus, like, where's that yes lead? Uh, feels like it's a lot of control to me. I don't know what He's going to do with my life. And so, it can get a little hard when we push those tugs and whispers of the Spirit away. The path gets worn down. It gets trampled down. It gets closed. It gets deflective. Or, or maybe if we were really candid, maybe there's a secret sin. There's something you've been wanting to keep in the dark behind closed doors, and it's hardening places in your heart. And so, the first point of examination from Jesus' story is, are there any hardened places in here that we just need to be closed and deflective? We hear the Word, we experience a day like this, we see the baptism testimonies, we hear the amazing songs that are sung, and we just, we just deflect, we just kind of close it off for a number of reasons. The second soil condition is called shallow, right? Here's how Jesus describes it. Verse 20, the one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the Word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. There's a key line to underline in your Bible, short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the Word, he quickly falls away. 
So if hard soil is deflective and closed, shallow soil is this lacking stamina, not much resilience, just quick to quit. It's a spiritual life that's characterized by starting fast but doesn't last. You start reading your Bible, you start going to church, you start taking steps and walking, maybe getting plugged into a group, maybe start serving in a ministry area. You start and then life happens and it gets hard and you just, you just kind of drift away. It just doesn't, you don't stick, there's no endurance to it. I had a friend once who was battling leukemia for several years and he used to say to me, he said, Eric, I've learned in my deepest valleys and darkest days, I've learned something that people become more of who they really are when times are tough. When the pain factor's turned up, when the circumstances are… Like, when things get really hard, people become more of who they really are. In Jesus' story, when the circumstances of life aren't going the way you want them to go, when it just gets complicated and difficult and it's out of bounds and you don't understand and you're upset and you're frustrated and right there, shallow soil is bailing, quick to quit. It just, it sprung up. It's not saying that there wasn't some type of receptivity, but just the circuit, just too shallow. We need some depth. Jesus said there's no depth to the soil. It's not going to last. There's going to be any resilience To be resilient is growing stronger as you grow older. That's the Bible picture for aging, growing stronger as we grow older. That only happens with some depth to the soil. It's not going to happen with shallow soil. It's going to fade. It's going to start fast and don't last. And the real challenge is, well, we're drawn to depth. Well, I'd like some depth, but have you noticed, like, it doesn't happen super fast. Like, depth takes time. Topsoil grows at one inch per 100 years. Did you know that? When I read that, I thought, I think that's kind of how it works in the soul a little bit. It's a long obedience in one direction. It takes time. We want depth and we want it now. It just, it takes a, it's a work of the Spirit over the course of years that, that builds depth. And young people, if I can say something to you in a moment like this, it's like there's something about our world today that just presses you young people to have your life spread out and going in so many different directions so soon in your life. And I learned years ago, And I think the the wiser principle from God is this. You know, we focus on depth. That's what we need to focus on. Focus on depth, and God takes care of the breadth. It's a depth-breadth principle. The challenge is everybody's pressing you to have your life spread out. Breadth, you don't have to look for breadth, but depth is where you need intentionality. So we focus on depth and let God take care of the breadth. I think that will serve you well and help battle off some of the shallow places. So where's that place in your heart where you just realize, you know what, you were quick to quit? You just said, it just got too hard and you just drifted away or bailed out on it. What, where is that? There's hardened places, there's shallow places, and then there's the third soil condition. Did you see it in Jesus' story? I entitled it in your notes, a cluttered soil. Verse 22, the one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word. But circle this in your Bibles, the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. So it's a cluttered soil. It's got thorns and thistles inside of it. It's just choking out the work of God in your soul. Jesus said this is what happens in life when the worries of this life, with goodness sakes, the last couple years we've been living, we're not lacking for things. If you pay attention at all to the news feed scrolling across the phones, it's like, 
You can spend your whole day just choked and concerned with worry, right? Worried about COVID stuff, worried about the economy, worried about Afghanistan, or today worried about a hurricane hitting the Gulf Shores or wildfires taking over out west. I mean, it just goes on and on. Worried about the kids, worried about finances, worrying about marriage, worry, worry, worry. And then you couple that with the, the thought that if I just had more money, it would solve all those things I'm worried about. That combination will choke the life of God in the soul. That's what Jesus is saying. It just gets cluttered up. The seed gets there, and there's just so many weeds. There's worries, and there's wealth, and it just keeps… And I know in my life, I've got to keep a close monitor on two things here. My basically main stage media news intake, like the… and social media intake. I see a direct correlation to a choking out and the time I spend in those two arenas. Maybe that's just me, but I suspect it might be a challenge for some of the rest of us, right? We're worries and wealth. I mean, you spend time listening or watching just streams and streams of, or scrolling through, and you just go, you know, I think we probably need to pay attention just enough for current events and what's going on in our world, and then we probably need to spend a lot more time on some of the things Jesus has drawn our attention to, reflecting on this. Where are the hardened places? Where are the shallow places? What's just gotten cluttered up? You say, it might not be hardened, it might not be shallow, you're just distracted. You're going 100 miles an hour, all kinds of directions, and you're just buried with things to be worried about. You wake up anxious, you go through your day anxious, you go to bed anxious, you toss restlessly at night anxious, and then you're pursuing what you think is the wealth that's going to set you free from all that anxiety, and that right there is choking the work of God inside the soul. It's called the cluttered soil. And then the fourth soil condition, which, by the way, notice 25% of the soil conditions. You know, for me as a pastor years ago when I came across this parable, it gave me perspective on, for Jesus, He's saying, you know, 25% of the time the seed finds good soil. So, Simpson, you're not going to do better than 25%. That's Jesus doing 25%. I'm like, okay, maybe 10%. What does that mean? Application be, you're working in this space of human hearts, and what is it sometimes that when it hits good soil, what does he say? Look at this, verse 23, the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. It's soft, it's deep, it's uncluttered, it's receptive, it's unbelievable. It'll take your breath away. If the hard soil gets snatched away and the shallow soil gets burned away and the cluttered soil gets choked away, the good soil will take your breath away, church. When the seed of that word finds a good, soft, receptive soil, oh my goodness, it'll be like this. I found this passage I've been reading through in the one-year Bible this year, and I hit Nehemiah 8 over this past month. And Nehemiah 8, here's what it says, Ezra the priest brought the law. When you read that in the Old Testament, think the Bible, before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. So children and students that are in here today, this is what's gathered right here in Nehemiah 8. It's whole family units. Everyone who's able to understand at all what's going on, listen to what happened. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon. I better pause right there. That's a pretty lengthy worship service. It's a little more than 10 to 11, 15, just saying, right? Daybreak till noon. Kids, that's like three Marvel movies right there. 
That help you? Yeah, screaming. See that right there? They grasp the principle. Daybreak till noon. Listen, though, here's the key sentence. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Oh, that's good soil. They listened attentively to God's Word. It's Psalm 119 where it says, your decrees are the theme of my song wherever I lodge. Or Psalm 119 says, I run in the path of your commands for you set my heart free. When the seed of God's Word finds soft, deep, uncluttered soil, church, hear this, that seed is strong. Strong. Just give it a crack. Just give it a crack. When that seed hits that, it's strong. It'll produce something that'll take your breath away. It, it might land you in the waters of baptism. Because there's some folks who hit the waters of baptism that would say to you years ago, if I would have said, hey, run the tape out to 2021, that's where you're going to be. No, yeah. Spiritual Heisman to me right there at that moment. Oh, yeah, you're, go the other way, pastor. It's like, nope, just give the seed a crack. One final quote and a story. Because the question at the center of this parable, church, the question is, this isn't a parable about good farmers and bad farmers. When you're trying to understand Jesus' parable, look for the variable in the story. It's the same farmer. It's not about good farmers and bad farmers. It's not about good seed and bad seed. It's the same seed, sown lavishly. The real message and theme of the story, it's about soil. It's about the condition of our heart. It's receptivity and openness to the work of the Spirit and the Word of God. That's the real question at the heart of the parable. So Oswald Chambers says this, it's the plow, hear this now, it's the plow that prepares the ground for sowing the seed. Today might be a plow day for someone. These are the lives that are hardened towards God. They're simply a way for the traffic of their own concerns. We're responsible for the kind of ground we are. Hear that. No man on earth has any right to be a high road. Every man has the chance of allowing the plow to run through his life. Sorrow, bereavement, conviction of sin, anything that upsets the even hard way of the life and produces concern, that will act as the plow. A man's concern about his eternal welfare witnesses that the plow has begun to go through his self-complacency. Church, is it a plow of the Spirit today? This may be running through our hearts and turning up some hardened soil, and deepening some shallow soil, and weeding out some cluttered up soil to produce something at that seed. If it just can find a crack, it's strong. It'll take our breath away. So in 2019, Valentine's Day, you know, I have a household full of ladies, so that's a big deal. I got to get that right, you know. So Valentine's Day typically would do some flowers and that, and I was shopping through the flower store, and I had this idea. I don't know if it was a good idea or a bad idea, but anyway, I had the idea. So, you know, instead of getting a bunch of fresh cut flowers, like roses, a bunch of roses, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a rose bush, and I'm going to plant the rose bush. I thought, we well, you know, it was like February, of course, 2019, and then I planted it when the ground got warm enough, March. Here's a picture in front of our house in March 2019, or excuse me, May 2019, and then June 2021. So on the left now, some of you live in my neighborhood. You strolled by my house, and you gave color commentary in May 2019 to my plant. That's fine. I hold nothing against you. It's good. We're all good. And you're like, just cut it down, Simpson. That thing looks terrible. Like, there's nothing good going to grow there. You better go out and get your wife a real bouquet of flowers, you know? And 
I just kept, here's what I kept doing, church. Now, I'm not a very good gardener. I contacted some of you who really are and said, hey, what can I do to kind of make sure this thing comes to life? Because I got, and let's keep working the soil. Keep tending it, fertilizing it, working it, caring for it, watering it. June 2021. There we are. Come by the house today. <laughs> just saying. I may be incompetent in a lot of things, but at least I've got enough competency for but when I saw that picture, you know, I put those two pics side by side, I thought, you know what? I think that image is for somebody today. I think somebody's here or joining us online today, and I think it's May 2019 in your heart, and you just look at it and you go, it's hard, it's shallow, it's cluttered up, it, it looks like it shriveled up, it, it just... And the Lord wants you to know today, just give it a crack. Don't push away what you witnessed today. Thirteen people coming up out of the waters and the expression, and I think David Enos, perhaps, you know, the young man who came up and was shouting and screaming. I think David, right? Don't push that away. What's happening in that young man's heart? What about the expression on his face? What's he grabbing a hold of there? Don't push that away. Or the lyrics from the songs that were sung, or some of the testimonies on the cardboard that you read. Don't push that away. Or how about Jesus' word here in Matthew 13? Don't push that away. Don't just walk out today and just kind of go on with our life. No, don't do that. Just open up somewhere in your heart. Just give it a crack. Just give it a crack today. And invite the plow of God's Spirit to run through the heart and deal with some of those hardened places and some of those shallow places, some of those cluttered places, and find a place where there's some good soil. And if you do, I think it might take your breath away. Because here's the power of Jesus, right? It doesn't matter how hard or how shallow or how cluttered for Jesus. What matters is He respects the human will enough to say, do you want it? Do you want to find some good soil? Do you want to let the plow run through? Do you want to let it soften? Do you, do you want to see where the seed of that word could go? Do you? If you do, I think it could be June 2021 in your heart. could be a blossoming of life that you could have never imagined. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thanks for the power of your stories that are deposited in ways where we just, it's easy for us to grasp what you're saying and maybe sometimes really hard to live and carry out. But we look to you. And maybe this morning there's some places right now as we're talking, and you recognize there's some hardened places, and so I just want to encourage you to invite the plow of the Spirit through those. Maybe there's some shallow. Maybe you've been quick to quit. Maybe you've bailed on some things, and you just need to open that up and say, Lord, I need some resilience. I need some perseverance. I need you to bring some depth. Or maybe if you're honest, it's just gotten really cluttered up. Lots of distractions and all kinds of things, anxiety and worry, and just choking out some things, and just open that up. Just give the seed a crack today. Jesus, thank you so much for allowing us to be eyewitnesses to at least 13 people who are testifying in their hearts when they open their heart to you and open it to the seed of your word. Thank you that it's like we got to see 13 blossoming rose bushes today. And thank you for that testimony. May it find good ground in our hearts and may it produce a crop 30, 60, and 100 fold from today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.